Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we learn more about the upcoming Western Canadian Ringette Championships taking place here in Winnipeg. We'll talk to a co-chair of the tournament coming up, as well as one of the newest members of the Winnipeg Sea Bears of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. We'll get to know Shane Osiande on the podcast. Now, in less than a week, the Western Canadian Ringette Championships are coming to Manitoba. 25 teams from our province, as well as Saskatchewan, Alberta, and British Columbia at the U14AA, U16A, U19A, and 18-plus A levels. Also, the 50th year of Ringette in the province of Manitoba, which is the main theme for the championships this year. Here to talk about it is Tara Jilks, co-chair of the tournament. And Tara, how many people are coming in for this tournament? So between kids, uh, between athletes and coaches, we have approximately 500, over over 500 uh, athletes and coaches participating in this event. And what's the age range? Uh, so we go from U14 to open. So anywhere from age 12 all the way up. So open is 18 plus. So uh, there's no age limit over 18. And this is to determine the best in the West, is it not? Correct. Okay. Yes. So explain what the ringette community is like here in Manitoba. So the ringette community here in Manitoba is a very uh, family oriented community. So it, it's not unlikely that you'll go to the rink and you kind of know everybody and uh, you can put names to play put, uh, faces very easily. Um, everybody is dedicated and passionate about the sport. So this sport is holds obviously a dear close uh, to many people's hearts and mine, especially um, a lot of the athletes, uh, uh, that are participating in the event or participated in the sport of ringette, uh, more more than likely their parent their moms played the sport, um, and so it it goes down in history and family and uh, yeah, um, lots of volunteers and and very dedicated volunteers. So I take it that you were a ringette player back in the day. Yes, and I still am. I still play. Yes. What was it initially that drew you to the sport and what, and continues to draw you in today? Uh, so I was probably about 10 maybe when I um, fell in love, like got interested in the sport. And I got interested in the sport because one of my good friends at the time at age 10 was playing the sport. So I kind of followed her lead and, and yeah, and I've never stopped, uh, just continued playing and, and have many roles in the sports from coaching and playing and refing and minor official. So I've kind of worn many hats and volunteering, but, um, ringette is, is very dear to me. Um, uh, I got married five years ago and we got married on the ice. I got married with my ringette stick in hand. Uh, so yeah, so ringette is very passionate, uh, for me and do you have kids playing i do so um i have uh, my daughter is now um uh, in the open age group uh she's not in this westerns this year but she has attended westerns in the past um i have a niece uh that is participating in this year's westerns um at the u14 uh AA level for team manitoba and uh, yeah, I have another daughter that plays as well, and um, a couple of stepdaughters that played the sport. Um, so yeah, it's very close to our family. My husband is a referee, uh, so yeah, it's kind of in our blood. So how much does ringette get talked about inside the walls of your house? Is it all the time? 
<laughs> oh, I think that's more of a question for my husband, but uh, he would he would say that we live and breathe ringette, and that um, I don't think there's a day that doesn't go by that ringette isn't on our on our discussion if it's at dinner or <laughs> or just in passing. But yeah. So at this tournament, then how many? of the the teams have been together for years because i imagine the once you get started in ringette this is something that you're probably going to stick with as you go through the age levels correct um there is a gap so every second year your your age changes so like so you have a minor and a major so you know for at the u14 level um the second year U14s, they'll move up next year to the U16 age group. So you're kind of, you'll, you'll play with your main core, um, but every second year you're going to play with another age level. So um, for the most part, you always have that core base that kind of moves up with you. And then you, every second year you meet up with the next core. Um, yeah, they, they, with, with the different age levels, except for open, because open can vary from 18 up. So you, you go right through, you can have, you know, 40 year olds, 50 year olds on the open team playing with 20 year olds. Now, have you played on the open team before? Um, I, I played in the open when I was like 20. Um, I now play in the, the ladies league in Manitoba. So we have a Manitoba ladies recreational league and I play in that league. Okay. And for those who haven't seen ringette, haven't tried ringette, have only heard about ringette, explain why it would be entertaining to go watch this event coming up. Ringette is unique in the fact that you, you'll hear lots. It's the fastest game on the ice. And it really is like ringette is fast. It is a team oriented sport um, with having to pass to your teammates over the blue line. Um, everybody's involved on the ice. Um, you know, unlike hockey where you can take the puck all the way up from one end to the other end, you don't have that in ringette. It has to go to another player and be passed uh, throughout the ice but it's very fast it's exciting um the energy uh with the athletes uh is is exciting to watch on the ice as well um you will find that with ringette just the friendships i think is the big part of ringette the friendships that you make um will last a lifetime do you often get asked about how it differs from hockey and constantly kind of having to compare one to the other yeah, all the time. All the time we'll get, uh, you know, there'll be comments like, oh, you play ringettes? Is that like hockey or just without a blade? And the only uh, the only similarities I would say between hockey and ringettes, besides, you know, similar equipment with skates and uh, playing on the ice, would I'd say be the similarity. But for the most part, it's completely two different sports. And ringette is by far uh, way faster, in my opinion. Um than, than hockey. Um, I had my brother-in-law help me coach this year and he is a avid hockey. He plays on five different hockey teams still and he will be the first to admit to you that ringette is hard and way faster than hockey. Do you find yourself having to kind of be defensive about ringette when people ask you about it? No, I don't think so. I, I, I My passion comes through and, and uh, I, I just always challenge people, come try it, come try it. Now, now there is a come try event coming up. It's it's booked up full, but how exciting is it that that is something that people have shown an interest in that they want to come try it out and learn more about it? 
Yes, our come try events do fill up really fast. And it is very exciting to see that this one filled up really fast in such a short time span. Um, And it's great that it's being held during Western. So we're hoping that the young uh, athletes that come out to try, come try it and get to see, you know, all the excitement at the higher level and hopefully stay and watch a champion, like one of the games in the, during the Western championships. Now, how does Manitoba stack up against Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC? Oh, uh, <laughs> um, you know, every year is a different year. Um, I was lucky and fortunate. Uh, I attended Westerns last year with my U19 team. We finished with a silver medal at the U19 level in Saskatchewan. And, and then in 2009, uh, 2019, uh, we were in Edmonton and we at the U16 level and we finished with a silver, silver medal too. So Manitoba definitely has come through with some medals and uh, I have no doubt that they can do it again this year. All right. So if people want to go check out this event, where can they go? Where is it all being held? So our opening ceremonies are being are, are starting on the Wednesday, and this is a free event. Um, it's our opening ceremonies. It's being held at the Selkirk Recreation Facility in Selkirk, the, the big rink. Um, that starts at 4 o'clock. Um, and goes till five. And then after that, we have our skills competition at uh, our U14, our U16, and our U19 levels that'll be happening after. So that event is all completely free to come and watch and and take it in. Um, The games will be starting officially on Thursday, uh, the next day, which is, I believe, what, March the... I don't have the dates in front of me. I think March the 30th. On uh, Thursdays Uh, the 30th, yeah. Yeah, March the 30th, the games officially will start. Uh, we have games being held at Seven Oaks and the East End Arena, and they will be starting at 8 o'clock in the morning on both rinks at both facilities and run until Saturday, April the 1st, and everything will end, uh, end uh, officially Saturday afternoon with games, and then our uh, banquet is Saturday night. Awesome. And, and one question I was going to ask before, but I forgot. This is mostly a girls' sport, but boys can play it, right? Boys can play, and we actually have um, – we don't have any uh, males from Manitoba. Um, however, there is males coming in from Alberta, B.C., and Saskatchewan on different teams. Is that just, different- And do you think that's just because boys just generally play hockey? Um. Unfortunately, I think a lot of it is, I I don't, I think right now Manitoba has um, always promoted female, but we're starting to promote the male in it more. Um, And hopefully males will pick it up. Um, I don't know what other provinces do. I'm I'm not sure on that part of it, but uh, hopefully I know that when we've faced in Westerns in the last couple of times, um, we've come up across males. It, mostly a lot of it is male goalies. Um, and uh, yeah, we do have some male goalies here on our open teams in uh, Manitoba. Um, and we've had male goalies and, and players too. Uh, this year alone, we've actually had a few male players at U10 and at the R4U level try it. So hopefully it's getting a bit more exposure and the males will come and try it and and uh find it uh, passionate become passionate about it and and take it up over hockey well i appreciate your time tonight on this tara thanks for this and best of luck with everything you're doing in the next week or two thank you so much christian
The Winnipeg Sea Bears begin play in about two months in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. But before they can do that, they need some players. Earlier, we chatted with Chad Posthumus, the team's first signee. And this past week, the team has added a couple more players in Shane Osiande, first of all, the 6'7 forward from Toronto, who won the inaugural 2019 CEBL title with the Saskatchewan Rattlers in the same province where he went to school at the University of Saskatchewan. And then today, it was Michael Okafor being signed by the team. He's also from Toronto and won a title with the Hamilton Honey Badgers last year. First year of pro ball as he continued his education at Lakehead University in Thunder Bay. He just wrapped up that part of his basketball life last month as an OUA All-Star. 6'4 guard finished 14th in the province in scoring with 16.3 points per game. But we're going to focus on Shane here tonight because earlier this week I had the chance to catch up with Shane. He's actually in Doha, Qatar right now playing pro ball before coming back to Canada. I've been here for one month. I actually came out here to play in the FIBA National Games. And then uh, a team in Qatar saw me and they signed me. So you just stayed? Yeah, I actually came only with one week's worth of luggage. Because I only thought I'd be here for one week. And then ended up staying here for the rest of the season. And how long did the season last? Until May. So you're going to basically fly from there back to here and join the Sea Bears then? Yep. So when did the the conversation start for you to, to join Winnipeg's new pro team? Uh, it's kind of always been in the works. Kind of uh, met the uh, coach, Mike Taylor, a great guy. So I kind of joked about it. And um, then, yeah, just uh, really listened to him, really liked the, his chemistry and his vision. And I just uh, decided that it was the best option for me. Now, you have experience in the CEBL before. What first drew you into playing in the Canadian Pro League? Obviously, you're from here, but when it first opened up, was this a great opportunity for you to get to play pro basketball in Canada? Oh, yeah, it was a great opportunity for me. Um, I think I was in Spain and then learned about the league. And um, I think it was was even more exciting because I was going to Saskatchewan where I just... uh, finished schooling and played in the University of Saskatchewan. So to return back there was like a no-brainer for me. So that's why I kind of chose to play back in the CBL. How would you describe the quality of play in the CBL? Oh, it's good. Uh, There's a lot of guys coming from um, all over the world. You got a lot of players from the G League, players from Europe, and you got some uh, great coaches. So it's a... It's a really kind of up-tempoed, nice, fast-paced fast paced game with a lot of athleticism. And how do you describe your style of play? Uh, very similar. I'm kind of like a mix between like the European style and like uh, North American, where I do like the, um, the tactical aspect of the game of basketball and to slow things down and kind of run plays. But uh, because of my athleticism, and my like God-given abilities, it's, I do like that fast pace, quick seven seconds offense and just running up and down. So are you saying that there isn't much defense or am I reading into that too much? Uh, no, there, there is defense. There is defense. There's a lot of defense in the CBL, but it's um, more so different, if that makes sense. 
a lot of the games are more high scoring than uh, the European games. So from a fan entertainment point of view, then there's going to be a lot of scoring. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially with the Elam ending, it's always going to be exciting. And for those who don't know, we've seen it in the NBA All-Star game, but for those who haven't in Winnipeg seen a CEBL game before, explain what the Elam ending is. I believe it's um, whatever the score is with uh, in the last four or five minutes. After there's a, a dead ball, you add on nine, nine points to that team score, the person leading, and then that's the target score. The first person to get that target score wins the game. So the clock just the shot clock doesn't, but the game clock disappears. Yeah, no more game clock after that. And then after that's just first to score a certain amount of points. How does that change the end of a game for you then, compared to what you would have grown up playing? Uh, for me, not so much. The game was always still just kind of put the ball in the hoop, but it does kind of make it uh exciting for the team that's losing because you do have a, a chance to kind of come back without worrying about the time. That's true. You you just know the number you have to get to, and it's not like oh crap, we're fighting the clock. It's you're just you're just fighting the math of getting to that number. Yeah, you just yeah, exactly what you said. What do you know about Winnipeg and how much time have you spent here in your career, I guess, other than playing university basketball against the Westman and Bisons? Um I've probably I don't know too much about the about Winnipeg. I have gone for, you know, games with the Huskies to play against Winnipeg and the, the Bisons, the Manitoba team. But um that's that's about it. Probably just only been there at a time just for a weekend, weekend by weekend. All I've seen really was, um, I think, that big mall where the Winnipeg Jets play and that, that little area there. And, yeah, that's about it. So just downtown pretty much. Just downtown. Okay. Well, that's where the – I heard it's beautiful in the summer, though. Oh, it's, it's great. I mean – you you spend time in Saskatchewan in the winter. You know what the winters are like in the prairies, so you don't have to worry about that because it's the summer league. Oh yeah, that that's what I'm saying. It's I heard it's going to be uh, real nice, and uh, the people are very friendly. When did you make the decision that pro basketball was going to be the route for you to try to make a living? Uh, that was probably as a kid. I always. Always wanted to be a pro basketball player. I had an older brother that played pro. So kind of just uh, wanted to copy him and just kind of follow in his footsteps. So probably around high school. And at that time, there was no CEBL. So were you thinking NBA? Were you thinking Europe? Were you just hoping anywhere? I was kind of just hoping anywhere. But, you know, as a kid, you always have the dreams and aspirations to make it to the NBA. And then as, you know, life hits and you go through life, you kind of change it up or make some alters. And uh, I think for me, it was trying to just go to Europe. And where have you played so far? I've played in Spain for two years, Iceland, Portugal, Germany, Bahrain, Palestine, Qatar. And Lebanon. 
quite the basketball journey. It's quite the journey all over the world. All over the world. Very seasoned. How much do you get to explore and experience the countries you're in? Oh, a lot. Because you're here for quite some time, and all you're doing is, you know, you have maybe two practices or one practice, and then it's just a bunch of free time. So I always try to like to get to see the things that the tourists will like to see, Google some stuff, take an Uber, or just go on a little hike, walk around, see different coffee shops. Are you a big food guy? Um, Yeah, I love food. But I'm I'm also picky at the same time. Also very picky. So which country had the best food? Country with the best food. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to have to say Spain. And why is that? Spain. The North region, the North region had the best fish for me. I guess because it was close to the water. It was like the best fish. France also had amazing desserts. Mm. Amazing desserts. Uh... And uh, Lebanon. Lebanon actually had some good some good uh, mixed grills. I'm curious about the basketball scene in Iceland. What's that like? Oh, they, they have a great uh, basketball community there. Um, it's kind of surprising because you wouldn't you wouldn't expect it. But um, the basketball is it's great. Uh, the league is all the gyms are fantastic. There's a lot of um, good local players, and I think every team is allowed, I believe, two imports. So yeah, the basketball the basketball competition is good in Iceland. How would you say the playing in all these different countries has helped you round out your game? Is it different styles in all these countries that have kind of helped you diversify your basketball portfolio? Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Spain, Spain definitely helped me a lot just with the tactical aspect and the basketball IQ. You see with those guys, the Europeans and uh, the NBA, they're very smart, very methodical, good footwork. A lot of, I had some great teachers and a great, great team in Spain to help me with that. Germany also. And um, yeah, just each, each country you kind of pick up a little. How long do you think you're going to do the world circuit for? <laughs> I think I might do it for, I think I got a couple more years in me. Uh, do you want to stay in Canada long term? I mean, I, I like Canada. I love Canada. I won't lie to you. I'm not a big fan of the winter. <laughs> not a big fan of the winter. I'm not a snow guy. So if I could go any, I'll, I'll definitely, when it's all said and done, want to you know, set up shop somewhere warm. Gotcha. And, and have you picked up any languages around the world? Or are you, are you trying to learn the languages of the places you go? I could speak a little Spanish. Uh, don't test me on it. Okay, I won't. But uh, uh, that's about it. Uh, the Portuguese was kind of hard for me. The um, And the Arabic. Arabic is very hard. I only know a few words in all different all languages. Regarding the Sea Bears, you are now one of two players on the roster. There will, of course, be more, but you you have experience playing with Chad Posthumus, who was the team's first signing. Oh yeah, big Chad, big Chad. Definitely played with him um, in the championship team in 2019, and played with him just recently in the BCL window. 
What's he like as a player? He's great. Always um, high energy guy. Always positive in the locker room. Always willing to do the dirty work. And he's just, he's a big force. He can't really be stopped underneath that basket. And before I let you go, you're frying something up as we started here. What what are you cooking for dinner? Uh, I was frying up some burgers. How are the, frying up some burgers. How are the burgers in Qatar? Amazing. 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 Always get it from the, the store. I don't really like to get the um, those packaged burgers. I like to get that real ground beef patties just made fresh and just bring it home, put some seasoning on it. Put it on the stove. Boom. All right. Well, I'll let you go enjoy your burger, Shane. Appreciate this, uh, and best of luck this season. All right. Have a good one. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your disrespect.